0: Today, we have the pleasure
1: of talking with Jay Jacobs from Illinois. He's built a successful lawn care business, and he has an incredible culture with his employees in his lawn care business. And so without further ado, let's hear his story. Jay Jacobs, welcome back to the program, my friend.
2: Hey, Paul. Good to be with you. How's uh, the season
1: going? Is there snow on the ground, or did you guys get started mowing yet?
2: We should be out cutting grass, but I've got a bunch of most jobs to finish up. So we haven't started cutting, but we will be next week. We are going to be full bore. We're supposed to have seventies and eighties and lawns already need cut now. So
1: nice. Well, I want you to share how you got started in this industry and just kind of how your business has progressed over the years and, um, you know, where you guys are at going into this season.
2: Yep. All right. So basically started out, um, as a high school job working for a landscape company in our local area, doing a lot of uh, install type work. Uh, my senior year of high school, he asked me if I wanted a full-time position there and I accepted that. I also went to college right after high school for a couple years, I learned all my plants. And so I continued working for that company. Uh, I managed the nursery. They had a nursery within that company. I managed that for a couple years. And really built up a good rapport with a lot of the companies, landscape companies in our area through that nursery. And after, uh, basically, I worked for that landscape company for about 10 years. And I just wasn't fulfilling the challenge that I wanted in my life. Uh, I wanted more of a challenge. I wanted more ownership. And so I kind of talked to my boss about that and basically came to the conclusion I needed to go on my own. Uh-huh. And he offered to sell me a division of his company, which was the mowing crew. And I, I actually did not even want to mow, but ended up purchasing that mowing crew. At that time, it was enough work for about a guy and a half during the season. Uh, they were grossing about 100000 a year. And so I started that in 2009. I bought out that mowing division and renamed it Jay Jacobs, which is after my name is Jeremy. My middle name is Jacob. And that's where Jay Jacobs comes in. Um, So I started that in 09. And so now we're about 13 and a half years into it. Um, We've got around six full-time employees. And then we pick up another six part-time employees. um, And we're right just south of a million in sales every year.
1: That's fantastic. So, how have you um, received your employees, you know, over the years and and keep them throughout the winter or lack thereof, and have you know built such a great culture? Um, what's the story behind your um, retention and, and culture?
2: Yep. So historically, um, I've hired a lot of. Employees that were fine with taking their winters off or finding part-time work during the winters, but then coming back in the spring full-time. So, like April first, they would work April first through the first week of December for me, and then they'd find part-time work. Um, and that's worked really well. We are getting to the point now where we're hiring more people that will be actually doing workforce in the winter time. Um, It's kind of a new venture for me, but I think if we plan financially during the summer and budget for it, we can make it happen. Um, But here in the last year, I've gotten all, pretty much all my leads through Instagram. Um, It's been a huge tool for getting uh, new employees on board.
1: How specifically do you use Instagram to recruit new employees? Can you explain that a little further?
2: You know, I, I think mostly it's just posting in my stories. Um, it, you know, there, there's a lot of people in the local area that, that I think the algorithm plays to or um, they know somebody that knows somebody that works here. And so they start following along. So basically, when they reach out to me, they either DM me or sometimes they'll just email or call me. They already know everything about our company. Um, they know they want to work at this company. And so it's a matter of me seeing if they're qualified for that, but I don't do any like campaigns or anything to say that we're hiring. It just comes organically from them seeing our contact content and being attracted to the the culture and the company and what we're doing.
1: So with the 12 employees, six full-time, approximately six part-time gross and near a million dollars, break that down for us. What, um, is your lawn maintenance looking like? What about landscape installs? Are you guys touching fertilization and weed control? How is this million dollars round number broken down and how do you guys tackle that?
2: Yep. So believe it or not, we do about 300,000 a year in mowing. That's just strictly cutting grass, spring trimming and blowing. Um, We do about 150 to 200 in landscape Uh, install type work. So that could be anything from a a mulch job to a replanting, a little paver rip out. So hardscape type stuff. Um, Then we do a lot of lawn treatments. So that's your fertilizing weed control. That's probably up close to 200,000. And then I would call bed maintenance pruning. Um, And then we do a bunch of different other little like landscape lighting, uh, seasonal decorations that make up that the other 300,000 or whatever. So it's, it's a pretty, uh, mixed bag. I don't like to get all my acorns in one basket, but I would say the bulk of it is mowing at that 300,000 and then it's kind of broken down from there.
1: Yeah. I was reading in Ecclesiastes, I think last week about, um, spreading your, your seed seven or eight different directions about diversifying. And so, um, Anyway, my brother's a certified financial planner. I sent that to him. So when he helping his clients invest their money, they don't put it all in one you know, area. Yeah. But we, even with your business, it sounds like you're diversified um, yeah. and co- covering what all my, the bases. What
2: my focus is, is in types of revenue that is reoccurring, because I know that for this, you know, I want to sell this business someday. Um, and I know that, a company that has reoccurring revenue is worth, you know, four to six times that of a company that just does like landscape installs, um, because there's no value. If you have a hardscape company and you're doing, you know, six million a year, that company's worth about the same as a company that's doing lawn care at one million a year, just because the it's six times EBITDA when you go to value that company. Um, when you're talking with reoccurring revenue, a customer list, you know, they've been with you for you got rapport with them, um, there's a lot of value there. So that's, that's the type of business that we are trying to grow in.
1: Yeah, that's very, very wise, uh, Jeremy. So what have been some of the biggest lessons that you've learned as you've been building uh, your business, maybe through some mistakes you made or just kind of some, um, tips that you've learned along the way that have increased your efficiencies profitability?
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, it goes consistency. Um, you know, just doing the the same things day after day after day, you may not see a huge reward, but if you just keep, keep going and and that there's so many different fingers of that. Um, But in the business, you know, simple things like being consistent at what time you show up at the same property every week, you know, you're always there at nine o'clock. The customer has like a half hour window. They know you're going to be there and they, just little things like that, um, having standards in our business as far as fueling equipment up. We always do that at, in the evening. And so standards,
1: procedures. Do you have your fuel at your shop or do you go to a local gas station?
2: No, we do have a, a thousand gallon fuel tank here at the shop. So we fuel everything up here. Um, but yeah, as far as like, yeah, efficiencies and things that I've learned, just, just create and the sound, you know, the sounds, everybody says that the systems and stuff, but there's so much truth to that. The power of habit, the power of um, almost autopilot, just doing that repetition brings efficiency and brings um, profitability. Can you share some more
1: examples of systems? So fueling after working for the day, you know, from your shop in your uh, thousand gallon uh, fuel yeah. tank. That that's a great
2: system. And well, let me procedure. just tell you why that system is better than in the morning. So in the morning, the crew comes in. You give them their list of things, and now they're going to go fill up the trucks. And they're talking about the night that they had last night, and they're joking around, and they're not in any hurry to get out to the job. So it's going to take them probably twice the amount of time, if not three times the amount of time, to fill up all the equipment. When they come home at night, they coming in. They're just they just want to get home. So a lot of times, one guy will be like, "You know what? I'm taking off. You can fill these up." So one guy's off the clock already, and the other guy's like, "Well, I might as well get these filled up and go home." So there's not this wasted time. So that's just one reason why that's more efficient. Um, so yeah. So like another one, and it, you know, there's way there's more ways to skin a cat, but we just we we do the mowing, we do the edging, we do string trimming and blowing in that order. Um, and there's reasons for that. You know, the the grass clippings can't be blown off obviously until the, the string trimming and edging has been done. So we've, we've thought about these things and we just put them in place and just make it standard procedure. And it just, you know, even if you can save three minutes at that stop, that's three minutes towards the next stop. And pretty soon you're, you know, 15, 20 minutes ahead of where you would have been and, and all that makes a difference.
1: Yeah, it was just at North Point Outdoors. Um, this year, they'll do about $18 million and they have over 100 employees. And so I was talking to the owner of the business and he's explaining to me a five minute mistake cost him $3,000 a day. And, wow. uh, and they do over a million dollars per month. But he is like, he'll, he'll literally, Jeremy, the guys, when they get there in the morning, the only people allowed in the back of the shop where all the mowers and vehicles and equipment are, are the crew leaders. And then the employees have to sit on, they have like a bleachers, like they'd have at a soccer field. They have bleachers out front and the employees have to sit in the bleachers and they're off the clock until their crew member goes and gets the truck and brings it around and then picks them up. Cause if, if you got two guys tinkering around back there, it's costing him thousands and thousands of dollars when you scale and have over a hundred employees. And so he was just explaining all of this stuff to me, like, dude, a five minutes of, if one guy's fueling up and the other guy's standing there, that's 3,000 bucks when you multiply that by a hundred man hour, you know, hundred people. And so- yep. Yeah, yeah so this- two
2: quick points. Our, our goal is to be the most efficient we can and be streamlined. But the other goal, the other part of that is we don't want our employees to think that they're just robots. So like, we we do we try to do things, but at the same point, I want the employees to enjoy it and almost feel like they're they're not being controlled in that way. If that makes any sense at all. So um, I think there comes a time like that you could go too far that way and lose some of your company culture if you were just like a boss that was just like a jerk and like always complaining about the wasting time and and always just like focused on efficiency i think that's can be a real turnoff so there's a there's a balancing in there um what was the other thing i was going to say it was something about efficiency and something that we do i'll think of it later but you go ahead
1: OK, what are some of your other uh, procedures when it comes to um, how do you know what the price your service is? How do you invoice? How do you collect money? A lot of folks that listen to our podcast, the most frequently asked questions we get are around how much do I charge for, you know, that mulch installation or that new mowing customer? And then how do you go about invoicing, billing, collecting the the, the payment and, and everything like that? And yep. Keep in mind, our show is sponsored by Jobber.
2: okay well um we are not going to be the cheapest guy on the block i'll tell you that right now we'll probably be on the top top of the list when it comes to the guys that charge the most but basically um when we do like a a material jobs like mulch we will literally double the price that we pay so if we pay thirty dollars a yard we're going to pass along a $60 to $65 yard charge just for the material to the customer and then labor on top of that. Um, another thing, as far as pricing goes, get yourself minimums in place that are in your head, ingrained in your head and have it in there in confidence. So when the customer calls and says, hey, do you guys do mowing? You can be like, yeah, we do. I'll just let you know, though, we do have a minimum low mowing charge of $55 per lawn. Doesn't matter how big it is. That can be a huge screening tool so you're not wasting your time and also it cuts right to the chase is this customer serious or not so that's probably one of the biggest things is be confident and have minimum charges just that are automatic that come out Um, as far as like our software and processes you know for estimating right now we do not use a CRM we use QuickBooks and QuickBooks uh, time basically to log all of our employees um, timesheets and all that. And it's worked out pretty good. I've done the math and, you know, we can maybe save 10 to 12 hours of, uh, labor a month in switching to a CRM. And so at that point it's, it's still, it doesn't play out to make sense, but we're getting there. Uh, as far as billing and collecting payments, uh, we email out our invoices and they can either pay online or, They can send in a check either way. uh, We do get charged with a three percent fee for any of the online payments, which last year totaled up to be about nine thousand dollars worth of you know credit card processing fees. So that does get expensive, and you do have to watch that. Hey guys,
1: Paul here, and I want to let you know about Jobber Grants, a one hundred and fifty thousand dollar grant program dedicated to lawn care businesses as well as landscaping businesses, home service-based businesses in the U.S. and Canada. Now, all you got to do is apply by June 8th, and you'll have a shot at some grants between $2,500 and $15,000 to help elevate your business. And I definitely want to see some Green Industry Podcast listeners get rewarded some of these grants this year so seize this opportunity reshape your future with jobber grants mr producer will put the link in today's show notes so you can apply to jobber grants today
0: you wouldn't drive a car without suspension so why would you mow without it with racing inspired patented full suspension and integrated cutting decks ferris commercial mowers are engineered to deliver a quality cut faster allowing professional landscapers to earn more profit and bragging rights ferris suspension is not just a feature or a marketing gimmick it is a game changer that simply has to be experienced true suspension changes everything visit ferrismowers.com today to find your nearest dealer ferris experience suspension
1: Introducing Bravo Trailers Green Pro Enclosed Landscape Trailers, the ultimate solution for landscapers seeking a durable and reliable enclosed trailer. Part of Bravo's commercial quality pro grade lineup, Green Pro trailers have been engineered and tested for the rigors of daily landscape contractor use and abuse. With stronger frames, ramp doors, side doors, and other essential features. Bravo trailers work harder and last longer, providing you with up to twice the life of lesser brands. Trust Bravo for outstanding part support and a trailer that becomes a rolling billboard for your business. Visit bravoprograde.com to find your nearest dealer and see the difference for yourself. Again, that's bravoprograde.com.
0: Are you in the market for a new high-performance mower? Look no further than the Kubota Z200. This mower combines quality, comfort, and ease of use all in one package. And now, select models come with the new K-Ride Comfort System for optimized comfort. Experience the elevated zero-turn performance with the three-point system and choose from cutting decks ranging from 42 to 54 inches. Plus, the Kubota Z200 comes with Kawasaki engines. Don't wait to experience the difference for yourself. Visit KubotaUSA.com for more information and to find your local Kubota dealer.
1: Yeah, that totally. Well, is there any other um, things that we're leaving out here that you'd like to mention of of how you've kind of figured out? uh, You've mentioned the fuel, um, the employees, the billing. Is is there any other efficiencies that you've learned over the years that you're like, oh man, I wish I would have implemented that sooner?
2: Okay, I know what I was going to... This is a... This is a total, um, it's an equipment thing that people talk about. I just want to share though. So when you talk about pneumatic tires versus like twills on a mower, I know a lot of guys, most everyone runs pneumatic tires on their mowers, but you know, there's a few guys that have the twills or the Tractus tires from XMark. And I get so, if I post anything about Tractus, I always get a lot of feedback of people saying, dude, I'm not spending, um, Seven hundred dollars per tire to get those. I could change a lot of flat tires for that cost. But what they're what they're not seeing is the downtime mm-hmm. that that creates. Um, in a, in one day, one mower can generate around five to seven hundred dollars worth of mowing. And so, in the life of that tire, if you get three low tires or flat tires, that you have to send an employee to a service station or back to the shop you're going to lose out on um, a lot of mowing time, just money that you could be producing. And not only that, you have to pay that employee for their time. Then you have to pay for the repair. Sometimes you have to replace the whole tire. And so if you're in the mowing business, really, really consider uh, the airless tires pneumatic. I understand, um, you know, there's a less input cost right up front. But what you're not thinking about is that downtime and that lost production. So it's been, a we we love our Tractus tires, um, our airless tires, and we'll be putting those on all of our mowers. And I I feel like that's the way to go if you're in this industry. Yeah, very,
1: very well said, Jeremy. Well, this has all been um, extremely helpful. Um, Is there anything we're leaving out that you want to share that you've learned about business over the years, especially to help guys who are maybe in year one or two or they don't know about all this stuff. It's like it's second nature to, you know, someone like you or me who's been around this industry for well over a decade now. Um, is there anything else you want to impart to the, the younger generations here of, of lawn care business owners?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think just with time and experience, it is hard for a guy, especially if he doesn't own his own property. Like I know like a, a college kid or a high school kid, you know, they've never taken ownership in their own lawn. I'm stereotyping them or whatever, but there's a huge change once you become a property owner yourself and you understand the value of taking uh, ownership in your lawn and and what it costs. And that mindset is so beneficial. Um, And it just comes with experience. But I think the mindset of young guys are, man, I just need to get work and it doesn't matter. Like if I'm making that much money or the customer probably just wants to spend the least amount possible. So I just need to get them this, this really great price for mowing their lawn. But what what you need to understand is these people are reaching out to you as a professional because they want a really high level of service. They want their lawn better than they could do and price yourself at a professional price. I know that sounds cliche, but it's a mental thing. And I You've got to get to the point where you view yourself as a professional that that does it way better than a homeowner um, and get your prices aligned to that so that you have wiggle room in for so you know you're not skipping on fertilizer you're not skipping on visiting the lawn for uh, checking for weeds or whatever you would need to be doing there so I don't know that's one of those things that I've just learned over time and as a property owner myself I I'm willing to pay. A professional to come out and do some electrical work or plumbing work or whatever, a really good charge because I know they're going to do it right and professionally.
1: Well said, Jeremy. Well, how can people uh, connect with you on Instagram or wherever you'd like? You know, if someone yep. wants to follow your uh, business
2: journey. Yep. So we are at J Jacobs Grounds on Instagram. That's really the only platform I use out there on the worldwide web. So J Jacobs Grounds on Instagram. And in um, October, y'all, we're
1: going to be on the stage at the Equip Expo. They're doing a a program called The Morning Show. And uh, Naylor invited uh, Jay Jacobs to share his story. So it's going to be on Thursday morning at Equip this year. Um, uh, Naylor's going to be interviewing Keith Kalthus to open up the event and then Caleb Allman is going to be interviewing Jeremiah Jennings from Alabama. And then uh Jeremy and I are going to be the closing the show. Um, so if you want to come on out, it's a completely free event um at Equip uh, the
2: morning show. So are you looking forward to that? I am. I actually booked my hotel last week. So I am ready to go. And I think I want to do some auctioneering. You know I'm getting into auctioneering, Paul. Yeah, get, give us uh give us a little sound bite here. So man. All right, here we go, boys. What do you say? How many dollars? What are do you say? In pay who give me 10. The 10 dollar meter, now, 10, now 10, now 15. Thank you, for 15, now 20.
1: You could have kept going. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so right, now what explain this to me? What are you what are you getting into this for?
2: I have no idea. Honestly, I was at an auction last fall for like a benefit thing, and I'm like, dude, I can do that. And so I started watching some YouTube videos and so basically, I started practicing while I was driving around. I do a lot of driving in my job. And, uh, you know, I just started practicing, um, count my numbers, one through ten. Then you'd be like, well, one now, one now, one now, the better now, one now, one now. And just over and over and over. And then with time, you, you'll, you'll pick up speed. And I actually, I've got the study material now. I'm going to take my license test to get my uh, auctioneering license. And I would love to do some, like, equipment consignment sales uh, stuff here locally. I think, Paul. I think we could have a big shindig in the fall or spring with a huge equipment sale with this landscape and, uh, industry that we're in, the green industry. And it would be, a, and maybe we could couple it with a event that's already going on. That's that's a great idea.
1: Well, I'm lo- I'm looking forward to it, um, to equip in general, and and to getting to interview you at the at the morning show. And if any event like that. Um, comes to fruition, let me know so I can join that. That'd be a lot of fun. So.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah, I just got to figure out the logistics of guys pulling trailers and uh, mowers down to the uh, exposition center and all the parking with that. I don't think it'd work too good. Cool. Well, we'll
1: be in touch off air as well. I'm going to try my best to make it to Illinois in June. Um I'm moving July 10 from Atlanta. So, uh, it, it's going to be a wild summer here for me, but I'm, I'm going to try, try my best to, to make it out and I uh, get to see your shop, get to see uh, your family, your property, that great backyard you, you put together and, uh, hopefully make a viral video with you. Um, we, we don't have that tall grass down here. So I'm like, I, I not that y'all, I mean, it's still, you're, you're, you're doing the the hard work, but you guys got a lot more to play with than we do down here. Where our grass is like an inch and a half and it doesn't stripe. And so, you know, You you guys got a nice setup there. No, I hope you can make it. Cool. Well, thanks so much for your time. You bet, Paul. We'll see you. Cool, cool, cool. I just ended the... um the video right there, that will be on YouTube. The audio is still going, so don't say anything. You don't want uh, my my Green Industry Podcast listeners. I don't know at what point Mr. Producer ends it and does his thing, but I, he just gets the raw file from me. So hey,
2: Viral videos are harder to come by nowadays. They must be tightening the belts over there on Instagram.
1: Yeah, my organic reach dipped down, and I was in a slump, and then I had a video pop off, and I think it has one or two million. Because I, I used to crank them out, and they'd get a yeah. million all day long. I I'd yep. string them out million, million, five million, ten million. Then it all stopped. And now I just got
2: one new one. I'm like, all right, I'm just, I don't understand it, it. My reach has been unbelievable. Like I, I, I don't know how, like I'm, I'm getting likes and comments all the time, but the followers, like maybe like 30 a day or something. It's really weird, hmm. but who knows? Just a bunch of uncontrollable malarkey out there.
1: Yeah. I I don't know what to tell you. I just keep I keep consistently publishing, yep. and um, it, it it's really hard to understand these algorithms. So, yeah, yeah. You betcha. Well, I really appreciate your time. I'm gonna uh, put this in my book. I'm I'm writing a book, and and I'm gonna have um twelve stories that I. Basically feature like, here's someone who built a successful business and here's how they did it. So I'm going to use this podcast as kind of, I knew your story, but, you know, I I didn't want to say something that wasn't accurate. So now I got enough information.
2: I mean, there wasn't anything like earth shattering. I mean, we've just had really steady, slow growth. I mean, every year you might be up 150,000 and then you're up to 75,000 the next year. And it's just been, just keep pushing it up. Um, you know, I, I'm too, I'm very conservative when it comes to financials, so I'm not going to make a huge investment into something just to grow. Um, the big, big thing is that my net is growing and that's, that's Mm. the main thing that we're profitable. And so we have been, and that profit margin has been getting bigger, even though our gross has just been sneaking up a little bit. That's great.
1: (laughs) Yep. Well, I really appreciate your time, man. This uh, this podcast, I think, is going to be out next Friday. And then the video will be out in probably like a couple weeks. I've been putting them all on YouTube. That YouTube has a feature now called podcast. So, oh. like, if you go to youtube.com forward slash podcast, they have a whole new algorithm just oh, wow. for podcasting. Yeah. So, I'm trying to get my... I just used to do audio only. And occasionally, I throw a video out there just whenever, but now I'm trying to like video each episode and put them on YouTube. So
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. What do you think, man? Fullerton got the old backhoe out there. I saw (laughs) he's got the, what his backhoe, like he's doing some digging. Oh, today or yeah. Well, Elizabeth's been posting. I don't know if you follow her or not, but I mean, they broke ground on their house.
1: Yeah. That's great.
2: So that'll be, that'll be a fun one to watch.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: So here's my office, Paul. Oh, cool. All the employees were cramped in here this morning. We had a good old meeting. So 15 by 15 office. That's the next thing I've been. I've got about 225,000 stashed away for a shed. I'd like to build a shed here, but I'd like to pay cash for the thing. I need about 500,000. So I'm a little ways off. So
1: have you. Um heard of Ally Bank? On the oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah they, we, my wife uses that.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say put that. They got like four percent interest or three point seven five percent interest. That will ain't gonna get you to five hundred thousand, but it'll be better than sitting in a local
2: bank. No, I I actually I I have a brokerage fund. I stick it in the stock market. Oh, all right, there you go. Two hundred grand. Lock Last year, I think I lost almost uh, seventy grand in, <laughs> in that account, but. You, do you put them in mutual funds or just what, what do you It's mainly do? in uh, S&P 500.
1: Do you do VOO or which one do you do?
2: VOO uh, or
1: I? Who is that through? I think it's through Vanguard. VOO? VOO? Oh, yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. I think yeah. that. I'm, I'm no expert in this stuff. I just.
2: My um, wife is the uh, investor in our family. She, she I, I yeah, you're right. It's VOOX or something. Yeah, so you just put it in that one. Yeah. So, and I, yeah, I save 4000 bucks a month. This comes right out of my checking account and goes right into that account. And uh, we'll just keep shelling it in there until we have enough to do something. Yeah. Oh, that that's great. But that's what I do. I have like an equipment fund. I've got a building fund and then a tax, you know, it's profit first, basically. Mm. And you just have an auto pull right out of there every month. And, uh, I've done that ever since I was like 16 years old. That's how I started saving 300 bucks a month when I was 16 would go into my savings account and I couldn't even touch it. Cause it was like some online thing. I had not you know, it was a pain to get the money out. So, yeah. um, uh, but that, that's what I met with, you know, consistency and developing those habits that are so, so valuable. Cause if you don't do it, nobody's going to do it for you. So
1: yeah, no, that's that's so good, and there's so many young guys that are listening to our podcast now, and it's like, if if you can start like you did young, um, these guys can really get uh, a lot of that compound interest uh, going, yeah. going for them. Not, so,
2: not to beat my own horn, but when I was 21 years old, um, I've been working for that landscape guy. I had thirty thousand in a Roth IRA, and I had thirty thousand cash, and I got married. Nice. Uh, And so I felt like we got started on the right, right foot. Um, But that was, you know, I was just working at 12 bucks an hour, 13 bucks an hour and was able, shelling away 400, 500 bucks, you know, whatever I could into that account. Um, And it, it added up. So you guys get started early. Yeah. So you got
1: a brokerage account separately from your Roth IRA?
2: Yeah. Yeah. We got, you know, my wife both have Roth IRAs and then we also have like, Simple IRA, which is through the company, it's kind of like a four hundred one k. But you can you can do everybody gets one Roth, and then you can do as many other IRAs as you want. Yeah. So.
1: Cool. Yeah. The Money Show with your, Jay Jacobs. I like this. Make more than you spend. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that that seems like common sense, but these. These guys out there on this, the problem with social media, you got all the, I'm I'm watching some of this stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh. Ooh, we, yeah. yep. All these get rich quick schemes out here. You gotta be careful. So
2: yeah, we've, we've slowly, we've got, we've got three rental houses and like literally, I mean, they, they weren't fancy. I think we paid 36,000 for one, 40 for another and 70 for another paid cash for them. Nice. Uh, that's just another, we make about, I don't know, 11% a year on those Nice. books. Um, and that's not going to dip as much as the stock market potentially will. So I don't, I actually really enjoy that, you know, that real estate thing. Cause I'm kind of a handyman. And so I don't mind doing like repair jobs and stuff. So I don't know if I could build Jay Jacobs up to a, you know, $1.5 million company that could be sold. It's not off the table to to sell out. And um, just get into this, like your real estate or something. I don't
1: know. Yeah, well, it's great that you have recurring customers, clean books. That was a great point that you made. All these one-off jobs that a hardscaping business does that doesn't, you know, have much value. But you got the the book of business of these customers and their work history year after year. Um, I I know these big companies are buying up the smaller companies yeah. all day long. So you can you can it, sell
2: that. It was funny this spring I went to a seminar and uh, it was a business evaluation seminar, but it was with all, it was all the landscape industry. Um, Mm -hmm. There was other speakers there, but there was one lady that talked about business evaluation as far as what they're worth. And most of the guys in there were hardscape companies. And when Mm -hmm. she said that uh, a lawn mowing, lawn fertilizing company was worth, you know, four to six times more than a hardscape company dollar for dollar as far as gross revenue, The air just went out of the room. What city was that event in? It was here uh, at a local nursery. Stoneleaf Nursery hosted it. Wow. Also hosted with uh, the Illinois Landscape Contractors Association. They kind of got the speakers in. So there was a ton of people there, uh, probably close to, I don't know, 500 people. And then it was crew members and business owners. And then they had breakouts where it was just the business owners in a room. And all the crew members went to a different one. So it was good.
1: Yeah, if they do that again, uh, let me know because I I'd really like to sit in on that. Um, I, I do coaching and I help yep. coach guys, and it's like I I need more knowledge on this topic because I yeah um, yeah there's a yeah, lot of guys know, that are building to a, sell. It was a really good, and they had you know
2: some of the big names in our area business owners were there. I mean, the guys that are doing you know ten million a year, and they they gave they stood up and gave talks. It was very transparent. Um, wow. But I do think the CRM thing is something that is going to be necessary to make it a sellable company. You need to have that in place, so we're we're working on getting that in. Um, I'll probably use Jobber just because I feel like they're the they're not going anywhere in the industry. Some of these other companies, like I don't know, Green Light or Greensaver or Lawnkeeper or whatever, they're they're not big enough, and I feel like with time they're going to get either bought out or they're just going to kind of disappear. So I feel like Jobber's here and here to stay. So that's one thing they have going for
1: them. Yeah, totally. Uh, yep. Cool. Well, this, this has been really good, man. I'm going to get to work on the, uh, getting this into my book. Um, that's my goal for today is to to take what you shared with me and kind of write it into, um, what's going to go into my new book. Um, so did you ever finish your second round
2: of the Diligent shall prosper? Or did you?
1: No, I just have one. Um. Oh, you mean personally, or or yeah. making a new journal? I yeah. have. I have one. I'm on like day four.
2: Um. <laughs> that that's sitting on my desk. So yeah, see, it's it's tricky, man. Like you got to put forth effort to keep the going.
1: Yeah. Well, just the component totally. of writing down three things I'm thankful for every day, um, definitely helps because it's so easy to. Um, I was reading or listening to, um, I don't know if it's Hebrews brews 11 or what, but it's talking about these guys that some had their backs open with, um, the, when they put the thing in the back and their back was open. Um, some were sawed in half, some oh, were yes. killed with the sword. This is going down this list and I'm sitting yeah. here in the luxury of my nice right. bathroom, taking a shower, thinking, man, we are so, or me personally, I'm so soft. Like, Yep. So many people have gone before us and lost their life, you know, standing firm for the end. And I'm complaining about silly things. Right. No, that's a
2: good point. Yeah, we take a lot for granted. And the faithful ones that went on before went through a lot of horrific things. That's for sure.
1: It was Hebrews 11. Th- that's that's what it was. And then the faith- it gets, yeah. And Hebrews 12 talks about this discipline's unpleasant, but it's good for us.
2: Yeah, yeah, we 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 have a great group group of guys here at work, and uh, we get into some really deep conversations. We were talking about predestination this week, and uh, yeah, there's just a lot of different thoughts out there. I mean, yeah, it's just interesting. It, you can you can make a morning go really quick when you're mulching if you get into one of those conversations. Yeah, that's that's
1: beyond my pay grade. I just,
2: oh yeah, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> But I bet I, I bet I could get you talking though if I brought up some stuff. Not now though.
1: Yep. Cool, man. Well, is there anything else you want to share, or are
2: we good? We we, we better be good. I gotta get I gotta get back to work. Get these mowers. I'm putting my uh, power shoot shoot deflectors on here this morning, and so we need to get those put on so the crews can start getting some mowing done. Nice. Well, thanks. Yeah.
1: Thanks for your time and everything you shared and we'll be in touch. I'll know more, um, as we get closer to June, um, I'll, I'll have more clarity on if I'm able to make it up there or not. And I'll, I'll let you know. And, and hopefully we can,
2: my uh, wife's looking forward to meeting us. So. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm going to try my best. Um, yep. I just, I'm moving July 10 and I got, Ooh, I got a lot yep. going on. I got a trip to South Carolina. I've got a trip to Alabama. Yeah, um, so,
2: yeah and, and if it doesn't work out in June, too, we could do it a different time. It doesn't have to be June, that's for sure.
1: Okay. Um, cool. Well, I'm,
2: I'll, I'll, I'll try I'll
1: try my absolute best. No problem. All yeah, right. Man. You have a fruitful day, man. Thanks for your time. Yep. Yeah, see you, Paul. All right. Peace. The Know Your Numbers Training Program is the shortcut to financial freedom that I wish I had. You see, success requires more than us just working in our business. We must learn how to work on our business. And in the Know Your Numbers Training Program